Podcast. I'm Dan Hawk, joined by a bunch of individuals a part of Broken Arrow Athletics, but we're joined by cross-country head coach Aaron Partridge. Coach, tell me about this season. You've been here for a while, but just mm-hmm. break down this year's squad that you have. Sure. Um, so this year's a little bit different. Uh, we graduated our best guy athlete. He's running Division One now, and then our, our top girl moved down to Texas. So uh, we know it was not just going to be a transition with me moving in from the assistant coach to the head coach, but also just a roster shakeup overall. Um, but our teams, both the boys and the girls, have handled it really well. Um, our boys, um, one of our runners who ran with us previously but was dealing with some injury stuff last year, we got him back, and he's been our top guy this year, one of the top athletes in the state. Um, and then on our girls' side, we actually – we're able to get a couple girls from the track team to come out and try cross country. And, and now they've, they've both been battling getting on the top five or top eight for varsity meets. And just really cool to see, you know, those multi-sport athletes out there and um, just building to, to what we're trying to do as a team. You've been with the program for quite some time, but first time being the head coach of it all, you know, Mm -hmm. what are you soaking in? I mean, do you go through the previous coaches, regime and kind of take some stuff from him or you put your own stamp on the program break it down for me yeah so whenever I first came in you know it was sort of a last second deal right before summer break hit uh, we were told that our previous coach was going to go to another school and uh, just a new adventure for him so I kind of didn't want to change a lot of what he had already set up going into the summertime um, but knowing that, you know, like you said, it is going to be something where I need to try and put my stamp on it and make it a little bit different. So um, one thing that I did as far as this school year is, you know, our practices used to be a lot longer. We used to do our long runs during the week. And so just kind of shifting things around to make it more manageable for our athletes to be able to get in, get what they need done. And if they need to go to the training room after, if they need to go to work or whatever, they can do all of those things and still have time for homework, family, you know, the important stuff. Um, and then also just getting them together on the weekends for long runs um, rather than doing that on a Monday afternoon, mm-hmm. you know, in the heat of day just makes a lot more sense. And for them, it's a lot more fun. If you're going out running eight, nine, 10 miles, you don't want to do that when it's 90 degrees. It's a lot nicer when it's 60 or 70. So um, little things like that. And, you know, as far as the program and how I put all that together, um, I was previously a head coach at Shawnee, so I took a little bit of that with me from things that I had learned from that experience. Um, And then also, you know, the Oklahoma running community is a great one in which um, I built a lot of relationships with other high school coaches and college coaches. One of my mentors is a coach who's the uh, head coach of Rogers State University, he was with me at Oklahoma Baptist while I was an athlete, and he was a coach. So he's he's one person that I go to a lot for training um, advice and just kind of poking his brain a little bit on what works and what didn't for him and um, just applying it whenever whenever I can. I'm assuming it helps out when we have a former athlete in Dustin Smith, former athlete in Amanda Snyder that you can lean on, you know, as well to get advice about the running game. I'm assuming Dustin uh, – you probably don't want to run the amount of laps, you know, that they're doing is cross country, but you're still paying 
close attention to what they're competing with. Yeah, when I was at the collegiate level, I went to my cross country coach and I said, "Hey, I just wanted to be good at three point one miles or, <laughs> or four point or four four miles, whatever it was. I don't need them to run sixteen miles. I don't need the long run. I, that just didn't make sense to me. So I would have been a terrible coach <laughs> as a cross country coach. But uh, I think talk about preparation. Talk about what it takes for a kid to run in a meet and kind of for our people listening, what what does a meet consist of for our cross country kids? Right. So um, most of the time and what we compete at uh, during the postseason especially is going to be a five kilometer race, which is a little over 3.1 miles. Um, you know, early on in the season, there may be some races where, for example, this year we went to a relay race, which is completely different for cross country. Right. But each runner, each runner uh, did a mile and a half on a four man relay. So that was just something where, you know, early on in the season, you're kind of building up that team um, camaraderie. So you're doing some different things and different distances while you're still building up your mileage. Um, but like Coach Smith mentioned, uh, we do like to uh, not just prepare them for the race distance. Uh, obviously, physically, I feel like that's the easy part is getting kids to be able to run that distance, but mentally being able to do it um with a sense of strength, you know, not just can I survive this race, but, you know, at the end, am I going to feel good enough to be able to go past people? Because really that's what makes the difference in the team score. And and the team aspect of cross country is one that kind of relates it more to some of the other team sports rather than, you know, the track, uh, track and field, where I feel like that's more of an individual at the end of the day. So. What are some things you do to help with the mental component? Um, one thing for sure is the long run. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, they only run a three mile race, but we'll ask them to go out there and run anywhere from six miles up to, I've had athletes that do a 12 mile long run. Um, and it's not something where we're telling them, Hey, you need to go out there and run this at, you know, anywhere close to where you're going to be race pace, but it's just getting out there and feeling comfortable with moving and running for that long um, a lot of them, once they get done with it, you know, it's it's funny because they'll say, I've never ran that far before. And, you know, it's one of those things where we say, well, by the end of this season, you're going to have done that many, many times. But, you know, just getting over that, uh, you know, initial hurdle of, you know, seeing that amount of miles and, and just the fear of that. And then afterwards saying, oh, that wasn't that bad. I actually kind of had fun, you know. Uh, because they'll be joking around, laughing, talking, having conversations while they're doing it. And that's the main thing that we want on the mental aspect is recognizing that this isn't something where, you know, we want this to feel like you're, you have to perform or there's a lot of pressure. At the end of the day, it's still fun. We want you having fun while running. In my career, I've had the pleasure of covering multiple cross-country runners. I covered Boise State, Ali Osterander, three-time All-American, uh, steeplechase champ, and probably one of the greatest athletes that I've ever had to cover. Man, it touched on the mind. I mean, it's a big one in running. I mean, I run Turkey Mountain. I'm 37. And I'm an old man, but, like, there's a lot of mental aspect in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one thing is, I mean, races – you always have a plan to go in and execute it correctly. But a lot of times, you know, especially with the high school athletes, they get in there and they get so anxious that they just want to go out and sprint because they think 
everyone else is going fast. I need to. So a lot of times that plan that we have kind of breaks down. They may run a little too fast the first mile. Um, but again, that's where the mental aspect kicks in of, Hey, I know that with my training and with, with my teammates behind me or, you know, surrounding me, a lot of times our kids run in groups, uh, during the races, that's where that mental aspect and, um, just toughness kicks in and you, you can't fall apart. You just gotta, gotta keep, uh, keep trucking. Well, Aaron, I appreciate you stopping by with us. Best of luck in Owasso and obviously the chili pepper race as well. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Matthews Ford and Broken Arrow has been collaborating with Broken Arrow Public Schools since 2016 and sponsors the Broken Arrow Teacher of the Year Award by providing a courtesy car for the winner to drive throughout the year. We'd like to recognize Matthews Ford for being a valuable community partner with Broken Arrow Public Schools. Tulsa Bone & Joint, Northeast Oklahoma's sports medicine experts. We are pleased to help you and the athletes in your life with a number of surgical and non-surgical options. Tulsa Bone and Joint is proud to serve as team orthopedist for local high schools such as Broken Arrow, Owasso, Sepulpa, Casha Hall, and Bishop Kelly. We're also proud to be team orthopedist for FC Tulsa. Tulsa Bone and Joint, moving life forward. <laughs> Your side hustle keeps you moving. We'll help you get where you really want to go. <laughs> TTCU Federal Credit Union. Life is better in balance. For families who like to build their wealth while staying liquid, we have flexible rate CDs to keep your funds working hard, even when you're not. First National Bank of Broken Arrow. The right balance. At Ascension St. John, you'll find advanced heart care, brain and spine care, and personalized cancer care. And we excel just as much in the things that can't be measured. Listening more closely, caring more compassionately. Welcome back to the Uncaged Podcast. I'm Dan Hawk. Alongside me is Dustin Smith, Executive Athletic Director of Broken Arrow, Amanda Snyder, the Associate Director of Athletics, and Greg Spencer. All kinds of stuff going on. We, we kind of touched on cross country, but cheer is just as important. What is going on with cheer right now, Amanda? Cheer competed recently. Um, we actually hosted the um, 6A, 4A, and um, large co-ed regional um, on September 16th. And, you know, going into that event, it's a huge deal because there's hundreds of people, hundreds of participants um, preparing for that. We just had the best help ever with the parents, volunteers, um, you know, Broken Arrow staff, security. It, it takes everybody. And so it was a pretty successful day. Our team, um, they were runner up in the 6A division competitive cheer, which competitive cheer, if you don't know, is... Yeah, break it down for yeah, me. Some people might not know exactly. That is um, everything all in one. It's the, I think, the it, hardest competition of the year for OSSAA because it requires vocals, it requires skill, um, pyramids, stunts, tumbling, um, you name it, they've got it. And our cheer team um, brought the energy at regionals and um, very impressive. Um, like, competing against some really incredible teams. So, you know, we've received feedback from that competition since we didn't win, um, which is sometimes a good thing because you, you, you know, want to go up. 
And so when we went to state um, this past Saturday um, at the UMAC, um, the kids were prepared. They they started off really incredible, and we are so proud of them for finishing one of the hardest routines I've ever seen. Um, didn't come up um, first or second place. We actually received fourth, um, but that happens. You know, in cheer and in palm, you get one chance. You get to go out there, and if you have a, a bobble or a mistake, um, it that's it. You don't get to go back out and repeat it. So for the type of routine that they presented and how they competed with their whole hearts, we are incredibly proud of them. Well, and part of that that she's not mentioning is the difficulty that, I right. mean, we had, we had eight girls do a full to begin with, um, to begin that routine, and that's difficult to do. You don't see that tumbling pass that early with that many kids. Uh, and so just talk about the difficulty of our of our kids and, the, and what they oh, did yeah. with that performance. Absolutely. Uh, but Amanda's not taking any credit for being the host school and what she did and the work that our, our staff did to be able to pull that off. It's no small feat. Um, and, and you guys, you see the behind the scenes on a lot of things, but for that event to happen like it was, and uh, Amanda ended up getting booed uh, for <laughs> just, <once. laughs> just one time, um, not any fault of her own, but just people wanted results and we didn't have them at that particular Our moment. Our scoring system was a little bit having some issues. So we, you know, had to let people down gently that we weren't going to have the scores presented at the time, but luckily about a minute later, <laughs> saved by the Wi-Fi. <laughs> But so, it, you know, talk, talking about, you know, the level of difficulty, you know, that's right. something that I know Coach Blood, who couldn't be here with us today, yes. she has a, a sick kiddo at home, but, you know, that's something that they always, you know, Strive try and get stronger and stronger every year. But when you when you have a sport like this, like you said, that you just get that one shot mm-hmm. in these competitions, the level of stress that they drill and drill and practice each each day, and then you got to get it perfectly right. right. It's just such a small margin for error, but... Talk to us a little bit about, you know, kind of what that level of difficulty is in terms of how they just keep pushing it. You know, Broken Air Cheer in particular, I've, I've worked with many cheer teams in the past and coached um, at the collegiate level. And I, when I came here, I was blown away by just everything that our kids can do. The, they are athletes year round. They're in the weight room. They're in the cheer gym. They're at the all-star gym, c- tumbling mats. You know, they they work so hard and, and cheers really hard on their bodies, but Um, One thing that I believe our cheer coaches do well is they prepare them for the level of competition, which is to show everything you've got. Um, They don't they don't waste any time um, with choreography. They start right away in the summer. And so they learn those routines. And, you know, it's a pretty quick turnaround in the fall with this competitive routine because it's cramming in two minutes and two minutes doesn't sound like a long time. But um, in terms of stamina um, endurance, strength, you know, our, our pyramids, we've got to have strong bases. We've got to have flyers. Um, in years past, we've had, um, male cheerleaders on the team this year. We actually competed just as an all girl, which is wonderful too. And so, you know, our, our team cohesively working together to, to maintain that strong, um, sense of just sense of urgency when they compete, but also we want to start the routine off and just keep going up, 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 up. And they do that every every time um, at state. Um, they were even better than they were at regionals. Had a few little um, mistakes, unfortunately. And, and a point five or even point one point can really cost you. So um, I know right now their focus is moving on to game day, which is in November. So it's a quick turnaround between now and then to heal a little bit, you know, give their yeah. bodies a little time mm-hmm. to rest and then learn a completely new routine and what you'll see at game day is a lot of what you see at 
our game day, which is the the flags and the megaphones and the palms and, you know, just the all-American cheerleader um, on the sideline. And, and that's what the judges are looking for is how what does VA do that's unique when they come and they lead um, chants from the sideline? What do they do that's unique? So we will – I have a feeling it's going to be a very special year and that our coaches are going to pull out every whistle <laughs> that they can to, to make it special. Well, and that's, you know, cheers become a year-round sport. And like you said, you know, you go from the one contest to game day, and then you take both of those and you take them to nationals. nationals. So we'll probably have Coach Blood come on the on the pod when we get a look closer to November or uh, past game day and preview both of those. But uh, so next up we want to talk about, we just recently had homecoming. You know, homecoming is always a big so event. Uh, the parade went well. We avoided rain, rain for the most part. <laughs> there was rain, you know, before the game, all the way up into the morning pouring down, but... Lo and new behold, around board. yeah, new, we finally got the new video board working. So I want to talk a little bit about kind of what goes into game day operations. You know, Dan, I know you're new here to the team and you're, you know, killing it on the broadcast with AeroVision and the new voice of Broken Air Tiger Sports. But people that, that aren't aware probably have no idea just how influential and involved you are on Friday nights. <laughs> Not to put you on the spot here, <laughs> but you know, you're in Hope charge so. of the script and, and all that. Talk a little bit about the work that goes into that. There's a lot of work that goes into it starting in the summer. You know, you're you're planning out what the game is going to be about. Um, homecoming is obviously all about bringing back um, family and community and, and promoting our homecoming court um, amongst many things. You know, every timeout that we have is a sponsored timeout. And so we want to make sure that we do everything that we can to make sure everything's organized. Um, for our hometown hero, for example, we want to communicate um, with the family you know, what time to be there, um, what to expect, and then to get the script. Um, so every week, which you all are a part of, is our, our script meeting. I call it the marketing meeting because it truly is a, like a little marketing yeah. team that we are. And so from the script to make sure it reads properly with our PA um, announcer, Sean Morgan, who does an incredible job. Um, I just wish I had his voice. That's I do too. His voice is amazing. <laughs> And, you know, to make sure he's organized. Yeah, him on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. And Blake, because, yeah. you know, Blake's are, you know, running the production up top with the graphics and videos and keeping us um, on time and making sure that all those activations actually happen. So yeah. we can write things all day in a script, but then it, it really takes um, everybody's effort to make sure that it actually happens. And I'm assuming familiarity is crucial as well. Knowing Blake from your years yes. at TU and Sean for the years that he's been here at Broken Arrow. I mean, I I remember his voice when I was covering <laughs> games as a sports reporter. I mean, having that cohesiveness is also an added bonus as well. It is. And, and you know, we've got the headsets down there on the field, thankfully, because things go wrong. And sometimes we have to shift or move or just say, well, it didn't work like, out how we like wanted brand to. brand new scoreboards. <laughs> <glitching>. <laughs> like, right. yeah, yeah, that's right. That's good times. <laughs> we won't talk about that. <laughs> but the, the public doesn't understand that thing doesn't go according to script. We just have to yeah. make it, we just adjust and ad lib and, and make it work. Um, and, and whether that's, like this past Friday night, we had great graduates. We were honoring four of our great graduates that have come through BA and being able to recognize individuals. Uh, and, and I think a Friday night is pretty special, especially at BA, just because there's so much that's crammed into the game. Yes, the game is important, and we, we, we play the game, but we use every available opportunity, and by we, I mean Amanda schedules every available opportunity for a timeout or recognition of somebody or something or some business to really draw attention to people that 
it's this community. It's not just a football game, but it takes everybody to make this work. And Amanda does a phenomenal job of those activators and making sure that people are recognized and people are, are on the field to get the recognition they deserve. Well, and it's the thing that people don't realize sometimes when it comes to high school football in states like Oklahoma is five, six, you know, if you're lucky, six or seven times a year, it's the biggest event you have in a town. And, and we often have you know, eight to 11,000 people at our games every Friday. And so it's, it's just a huge opportunity. There's no other opportunities that you have so many different people mm-hmm. involved. What, you know, like you said, the great graduates, the people we recognize, you know, every single spirit squad, there's right. just, it's, it, it requires a Big lot time. of work from a lot of people. So who are some people that you want to kind of give some shout outs to that you work with closely every Friday? Oh gosh, every Friday. Um, Mickey Wyatt in our athletic department. She's incredible. Holly Rainey. Um, you all, you know, you guys are a huge part of what we do. Um, Blake, um, shy. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's been amazing. Sean Morgan, um, Dr. Smith for leading me when I'm, you know, needing direction or help, um, with what to do, you know, this coming week we have, um, St. Jude, it's actually childhood cancer awareness game. We're kind of partnering in a way with St. Jude and then, the FCCLA group here at BAHS, they're partnering with another entity, but um, just working with um, some really incredible families. Um, I could sit here all day and thank all the wonderful hometown hero families that I work with. That's This is the joy of the job is getting to, yes, it's stressful to you know have all those different timeouts, but it is what makes Broken Arrow so unique and special. And I love working with the community and being able to help with those activations. Um, Tara Thompson, Chase Elkins, no. you know, we, I'm probably missing so many people. Even Coach Blankenship, he's helped with a few of our timeouts, too, with the St. Jude All the salute. principles, rounding oh, up all those the kids game changers. for the quick trip game. Which, quick by the way, we're getting better amazing. at that. Uh, we're getting week. better. Yeah. Well, and you got Aaron Partridge, who was, I yeah, joke with him, he's the most yeah. hated man on Friday nights red by hat. the officials because he's the red hat and goes out and coordinates, hey, we need this timeout <laughs> because yeah. Amanda has sold it and we've got to recognize these people. Uh, and so he the stands out there on the field. They're like, get out. And he's just, <laughs> he's got to stand firm. So Yeah, and, and the refs cut off my video Friday night yeah, at kickoff. We, we missed about the last 20 seconds <laughs> of that. So I might have to shorten that one up. Although, and I want to thank the pride, too. While, yeah, pride's always super Pride and, and all the cheer and the tigets yeah. and, and DJ Randy. DJ Randy. And the Jungle. The I mean, jungle. there's a lot. Christian Wellborn and what she does with her career. Right. Um, there's just so many people on a Friday. Ken Ellett. JROTC. Uh, we don't talk about Ken Ellett enough. He doesn't a lot behind the scenes. Um, but, I mean, it takes all those people, Alton doing what he does, Alton Lusk. Is, right. Um, he coordinates all the parking, makes sure people are where they're supposed to be, the media, and he takes care of the yellow shirts and those people that are making sure our event goes off and goes off well. There's a lot of people that have a hand in trying to make a Friday night work. And, yeah. and a, a fan that just comes to the game, they don't see all of that but we get to peek behind the curtain, if you will, and kind of see what always happens. Well, and, and, and I, I get a lot of compliments from people around town that, that you know, they come to the games and they, they see it. They mm-hmm. see that, that we put on a presentation and do things in a way. And I know me and you talked when you first were, were brought in and you said you, you gave a, a little story mm-hmm. where you're talking about, you know, kind of what your role was going to be in some things when you were meeting with Mr. Dunn and, and you said that, that he kept asking, or you kept asking, like, well, what about this and what about that? And he kept saying, well, we've got someone for that. We've got someone. <laughs> yeah. Not you. Not yeah. you. That's what he kept so, saying. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's coming to a place that's a little different where you probably had to be a little more hands-on in a lot of areas. 
as opposed to helping oversee a lot of areas as you do here. Yeah, and, and I've learned early on to just say, where do you need me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you tell me where I need to be and at what time, and I'll be there. Uh, and so Amanda usually says, I need you at, I need you out on the field at this time, and I need you out of the field at halftime, and I need you handing these plaques or whatever. And so I take direction well. Uh, I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out like where in the world I'm going. As directed. You so <laughs> I go in and just saying, you tell me what to do, and and it's just such a phenomenal experience to to go to a game. And then when you're sitting in our seats, you go to other places, and you just kind of say, all right, they don't do what we do, and we do what we do, and we do it well. And there's ways that we can learn that other people are doing things and maybe oh, enhance yeah, what we're yeah. doing, but nobody puts it to the scale that we put it to. Every every game I go to, whether it's another opponent that we mm-hmm. play or a college game, a pro game, I usually will take some notes yeah. of both good things and bad things that they're doing on the video board and the game day operations and try to implement them. Because like you know, my saying back when I was a coach back in the day was I used to tell kids you're either getting better or you're getting worse. And yeah, so I take that same, that same, you know, attitude in, in the job that we do and constantly trying to push ourselves to you know hire people like dan and blake and, and keep getting better because you're either getting better or you're getting worse right? Well, right. it kind of goes back to what, what what this is we're a school it's about education and not just the students yeah. are learning we're learning as well to oh, put yeah. on I mean, a better that's, product that's something we, we, we you know antonio hurling and the students i mean every friday night home games we've got six to ten students working cameras Helping with social media, different things like that. It's amazing. Uh, Which I want to give a shout out to those students as well they because do a lot. you yeah. do a lot of work, you know, for the opportunity to see what it's like behind the scenes. And some people might not want to do that, but they've embraced it. Well, they, uh, and Tony Hurling, Madison Dildine's class. I mean, got to give them a shout out. As and well. Logan Hawk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh, Logan. couldn't yeah. do it without My Logan. <laughs> he's a uh, he's the behind the scenes guy that does all of our graphics and yeah. and Photos, just organization videos, yeah. of everything for game day. Well, and, and back on the student side of thing, you know, just kind of talking about the opportunities these are for Huge these kids. Because, like, we've got kids that are at OU, OSU, mm-hmm. Arkansas, other schools. And almost every time I end up hearing back some somehow, like, oh, these kids are, are more yeah. prepared than any kids we get from anywhere else. I mean, for example, we've got two a set of twins, Max and Miles Towery, both working for OSU Athletics right now. They worked as freshmen. Uh, Miles with Orange Power Studios doing a lot of you know a lot of the kind of stuff that mm-hmm. Blake uh, Shy does for us running cameras behind the scenes and then Max his brother has become literally like the number one you know student creative wow. guy on the staff as a sophomore already so like kids like that Ethan Scott's another kid that just graduated last year that's at OSU now doing big things uh, Dylan Rivera. Noah Bryan, Morgan Rogers, kids that are all either were at OU or now uh, Dylan Rivera now works for Channel Nine right out of, out of college. So I mean, it's these kids take advantage of these opportunities, and we've got probably four or five kids right now that I will say they can do go do whatever they want next year and in, in the years following if they if it's they want to. Invaluable to work yeah. for Aerovision. Uh, talk to us a little. Let's, let's wrap it up. But any updates on the uh, on the Vince Center and that we have over there, the the new facility? Well, it's progressing really well, yeah. and we're hoping by the middle of March we'll be fully in there, uh, fully open. Uh, obviously, won't be competing in there yeah. because volleyball and wrestling won't will already have concluded their seasons uh, and cheer as well. But uh, it's going to be an incredible space, an incredible opportunity for our student athletes. Um, and, and for our students, because we're going to have classes over there as well, there's a lot of opportunity that's going to be in that event center. We're just being patient with the construction now because it seems like every week there's something different they're doing that's going to be an inconvenience now. 
but a year from now, it's going to be an incredible experience for for our kids and our patrons as well. Well, I mean, you guys you know, have these nice new offices, but you're not going to really know what to do with yourselves when you get to have a quiet office again. Yeah, when, when you're not here in construction <laughs> and, right. or putting a hard hat on to go yeah. on a tour and just kind of see what as the progress happens. But we're hoping by the end of February, middle of March, that we're going to be fully open over there and that our kids or coaches and students are going to be able to enjoy that space. So good things are on the horizon for Broken Arrow Athletics, not just with cheer, not just with cross country, but the athletic department as a whole. If you want to check out all of our stuff, you can be sure to check us out online at AeroVision. We've got you covered throughout the sports season here at Broken Arrow High School. For Dustin Smith, Amanda Snyder, and Greg Spencer, I'm Dan Hawk. We'll catch you next time on the Uncaged Podcast.